Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of, well, Afterbirth on Rebirth, Rebirth on Afterbirth, whatever it is, it's a lot of births. And yes. uh, with me tonight, I have my boy Nova, I and am here. we read all of, well, the DC Rebirth this week, and there was a lot <laughs> of it. Uh, so that being said, for two reasons, this podcast is going to be a little bit longer than normal. Number one, well, there's a lot more books to cover, and we want to try to do right by you all and review to the best of our abilities what we thought of these titles. Number two, at the very end of this pod, we have a very special guest that should be joining us. Um, actually, a couple special guests, but one very special guest at the end of this podcast. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say a lot of special <laughs> guests, but... <laughs> <laughs> We will have a few special guests, one of which is uh, pretty stellar to have on, actually. So yes. it's, it's pretty exciting to have this guest. So uh, be sure to stay tuned. Like I said, just bear with us. It is going to be a little bit longer than normal, but it's going to be a good time because that's what we do. Oh, yeah. We provide good times. Absolutely. So that being said, let's just jump right in this baby, okay? So uh, number uh, first up, Nova wanted to discuss... Green Lanterns numero six. Green Lanterns. And um, so, yeah, last time we weren't too happy with this title, I don't think, mostly no, because we, we saw backward. a little backward character movement. Um, but I know uh, some people didn't mind it. They, I guess it does make sense, but at the same time, you kind of want to see things progress. And luckily that did change. So It did. I was actually very excited about yeah. that. So this issue brought us the climax of, I guess, I don't know if I'd say climax, really. It brought the end of the Rage Planet arc. Um, so written by Sam Humphreys, art by Will Conrad and Jack Herbert, colors by Blonde. Um, and basically we had sort of, we did have character progression with Jessica Cruz. I liked it. I think we had a lot of character progression with yes. Jessica Cruz. I almost feel like Sam Humphreys heard our last review and was like, <laughs> shit, I need to fix this. Yeah, I got to do something. Yeah, no, I know that's a lie. He probably has never heard this a day in his life, and this arc was probably written out months ago. Absolutely. <laughs> it's always nice to think that we within had a, a week play. he changed the whole thing. <laughs> he changed everything. The artist was kind of kind of annoyed. But no, yeah, but, there was a lot of character progression for her, which was good. It's what this yep. book really needed. Yeah, and so basically the reason, I thought it was kind of anticlimactic, the, this issue regarding the whole the whole Red Lantern situation. It was sort of like a fizzle and a no pop, really. Um, well, within reason, though, it's going to continue. You yes, can tell correct, this is a long con. Correct, yeah, it's a long con on this one. Yeah, Atrocitus was playing the, the slow game, the Jonathan Hickman um and i'm uh, i mean it'll be great it's he what what he did using this whole hell tower as like a a, a sort of a ruse if you will a, a ruse exactly what he did with it was pretty cool and i'm excited to see what it brings that being said sorry i was taking a drink of my beer um one of my favorite absolute favorite lines from this comic was when Simon Baz says, this guy, the shrimp scampy on steroids. <laughs> he called Atrocitus a shrimp scampy yeah. on steroids. Yeah. And I thought I that was, was absolutely fantastic. 
I was really glad. Great reveal on the what, second or third last page. There were two great reveals here, actually. Um, like I mentioned, Atrocitus is Endgame. And we had our rusty guardian of the uni- guardian of the of the universe, um, oh, our rusty right. surfer, and he revealed what's in the box. What's in the um, box? Which we've all been, you know, we've we've all been assuming it's a ring because that's what they've obviously been sort of hinting at, and we see what it is. Won't spoil it. It's not but, a severed uh, head. It is not a severed head. It is not. Um, for those of you that were looking forward to that, this is not a Vertigo comic or Image comic, so or you really should have. You really shouldn't have thought of that in the first place, dude. I mean, come on. But um, Unless yeah, you're a seven fan. Yeah, I guess so. But then that's all you ever think about, and life is full of disappointments. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. But overall, yeah. this is a really good one. Um, step in the right direction for sure. It's definitely a step in the right direction. It's yeah. actually this is actually one of the last rebirth titles I read this week because I was kind of like, eh, we'll just. You know, I'll I'll get yeah. to it when I get to it, and after reading it this week, I'm I'm pretty impressed. It was a yeah. it was a good time, and I'm definitely looking forward to see what happens because there's a few twists in this. Actually, come to yeah, think of it, not only do you see what's in the box, but you know, the I, last page. Yes, Atrocitus Long Haul. Yes, um, the Atrocitus Long Haul, and not only that, and what it, happens with Jessica. Yes, and there's what happens with Jessica yeah. and oh Atrocitus. Is questioning Blees. That's right. So there's That's something right. going on there too. So uh, it was yeah, really no. good. Now that I think back to the issue, it was <laughs> yeah, we're like, pretty good. Wait a minute, it's actually a lot better than yeah. I thought. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe we shouldn't have started off with this one because it's a really high note. Yeah, no, um, actually, I will say I think almost all of the Rebirth titles this week were yeah. really solid. So I'm well, actually pretty excited. One I know that you didn't particularly enjoy: Suicide Squad issue number two. Okay. So it's not that I didn't particularly enjoy it. It wasn't a bad comic. It yeah. just, I don't know. It's not up my alley, I guess. I'm not, yeah. I don't like the way that Harley Quinn is being portrayed in the comics yeah. right now, whether it's yeah. her solo stuff and or Suicide Squad. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, her character annoys the hell out of me and I have a hard yeah. time getting past it. Well, <laughs> I think my favorite part of this book is, um, Captain Boomerang. He is so funny in this book. Um, it's going to be a minor spoiler, but if you go to page, and I'll give you time to get to this page, page number nine. Um, so for those of you listening, uh, the first, I think, 17 or 16 pages are artwork by Jim Lee. It's the main story. They're sort of, um, I don't even know anymore. I, I kind of forget. They went into space and now they're underwater in some kind of base. I actually forget what the main purpose of this mission is. And then the backup, we had a Captain Boomerang back up with uh, Ivan Ray's doing artwork. Yes. Are you on page nine? Oh, I don't know. I was just kind of scrolling. Go on. Uh, okay, but so you see Katana and Harley fighting. And this whole time, uh, in, there's five, five, oh, uh, yeah. five, five pieces of artwork. And Captain Boomerang's like, hey, Harley, you're welcome. And she's like, you're good at a boomerang. We get it. And if you look at the three panels above it, he throws the boomerang at a guy who's coming around the corner putting his hands up. He's not even going to shoot. And that's the one guy he kills. <laughs> it's so funny. He's like, hey, you're welcome. <laughs> I don't know why. I just cried laughing. It's such a small little thing, but it was so funny. The other one that I thought was actually pretty good was uh, they're making fun of Croc. And they're like, oh, Quick is an alien. He's like, I'm yeah, not yeah. an alien. And he like throws yeah. Harley and Katana. 
Well, later on as well, there's a third part where they sort of, they're like teleported. I won't give away details, but um, they're teleported and Captain Boomer, Killer Croc's like, oh God, because in the first issue he threw up when they were in space in his helmet. And then you see Captain Boomerang, who's like soiled him again. (laughs) He shat his pants again. Uh, So I really like that. I thought it was really funny. Um, But like I said. I will say on this one, though, is the cliffhanger at the end. Yes. Oh, I was happy with that. I was like, this is, you know what? It's kind of going to be like a, how could they even do anything kind of deal? Yeah. But it's kind of, I won't give it away. I won't say it. Um, Because I was going to mention something about the movies as well and how why the Suicide Squad was formed in the movies. But, um, you know, I guess that's kind of giving away. Oh, it doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) Um, I'm really excited. Um, I thought Jim Lee's artwork was pretty good. Um, I don't know. I've lost lost the giddiness whenever I see Jim Lee artwork, I guess. I get giddy when I see Jim Lee Batman. Yeah. I got uh, you know what, and then we got it. I I enjoyed the backup as well. It wasn't as good as the Deadshot one, in my opinion, um, which I really enjoyed in the last issue. But it's sort of like uh, you know, it's I think uh, Rob Williams is doing a good job of sort of giving you both sides of the character. True that, you know, and um, just how why Captain Boomerang is the way he is, and he's kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. He's good with the boomerang as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, another one that I just, I think we can touch on this one quickly here. Um, Deathstroke number two. Yes. Uh, the, my issue with Deathstroke, and I, okay, so I don't think that the writing's bad. The art's not bad at all. Um, the art's great. And I don't think that the writing's bad, but here's my issue with it. I was not someone that was very familiar uh, with Deathstroke prior to Rebirth. I didn't really read much Deathstroke before. I don't really know a whole lot about the character or any of the uh, sub-characters that are in, that he interacts with on on a daily basis. So, that being said, the whole point of Rebirth was to try to keep the current readers happy, but at the same time bring in some new readers and anybody can jump on and everybody should be able to feel like they know exactly what's going on in any given title. I feel like overall as a whole, Rebirth has done a fantastic job of that. Uh, But when it comes to Deathstroke, I don't feel that's the case. And so for someone like me that's really new to the character, I have a hard time getting excited and or following along because I feel like these are all things that I should know already. And because I don't know who these people are or why they're important or what have you, it, it kind of ruins everything for me. It, so I feel like if you're a big Deathstroke fan or you know a lot about the character, you're probably going to love the shit out of this, to be quite honest with you. Because, um, I mean, the writing is good. It's just I don't feel like it's new reader friendly, so to speak. Uh, aside from Wintergreen... There is nobody here that I've ever seen reading the Marv Wolfman Deathstroke series from the eighties, nineties. Um I think he I think Christopher Priest is sort of making these guys up as he goes along. Oh really? Okay. Because I didn't know this little gang that um that they're sort of interacting with to see who sold out Wintergreen. Um Yeah, see I just felt like that was something that happened no, like yeah, no, years it was, ago or something. Like it didn't feel like it no. was something that was new. It 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 is new though, which is 
I don't know. I, you know, the issue is pretty good. I just compared to the Deathstroke that I have read, it's overly complicating things. I think maybe it's just the, the way the story's being told. It's like bouncing around through time, and it's not really obvious that it's bouncing around through time. Yeah. Um, it gets a little confusing, um, and it is good though. I mean, if you if you like comics that make you think quite a bit um which we'll talk about in all-star batman in a bit um i think you'll enjoy this more so than i mean like i said deathstroke usually hasn't been an overly complicated book especially in the new 52 it was sort of you know he's fighting he's doing this mission does that mission fights these people like this is some crazy conspiracy theory chasing leads duplicate deathstroke thing going on um, which all gets explained, but I just thought it was pointlessly complex. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. I'm sure it no, is. I'm with you on that. So, jumping on to something that I was super excited about this week. All right. The Flash. Ooh, I love getting flashed. Ooh, yeah. So, too. Joshua Williamson, once again, fantastic oh job. Uh, which, yeah. by the way, Birthright also drops today. Go grab it. It's amazing. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. It's still hey, good. He, it's still Rebirth-related. It's worth it. He, he yeah. wrote both, and Birthright was uh, Birthright was really good. I'm actually loving Birthright right now. But anyway, um, The Flash. So if you've been reading The Flash, you probably, just like everyone else that I've spoken with about, you probably have an idea of what's going on or what's going to happen. Um and that being said, the big reveal happens in this issue. We're not going to yeah. get into what it is, but you basically you find out who. Uh, I'm just going to leave it as that. Yeah, there's a big yeah. reveal, and uh, like I said, it's not hard to figure out if you've been reading the Flash. I think everybody kind of already suspects. Uh, but either way, it, it feel it, it, reading it. It felt so freaking good to just finally get it out there and to be able to read it and be like, yes, I was right. I'm good now. Like, I don't have to question anything. Let's <laughs> do this. Like, how do we go forward from here? Yep. So, uh, yeah, flash was really well done. This is probably my favorite flash issue since the rebirth issue. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the artwork as well. I thought, Barry, like you can tell, he's he's kind of losing it. I mean, you can see that he's got the facial hair going, and yep. he's all jumpy and stuff. But it's the pages when he's going super fast and he's fighting, you know, fighting whoever he's fighting. It's it's so good. I just really enjoyed it. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Joshua Williamson's going to do now. I know. So I'm kind of like, where do you go from here? Yeah, and what do you do? Every book that man's ever written that I've read, yeah. I have been just, you know, like, where, where's he going to go from here? And then I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. oh okay, we're going there. Like, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. excited for uh, Flash number seven. But like I said, for, for me, aside from the actual Flash rebirth issue, this was my favorite issue of the Flash to date. I agree. For rebirth, that is. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. I'm really enjoying it and, uh, hopefully it continues. Can't really say much more without spoiling anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which we'll do next, next, in two weeks, I guess. 
because we're gonna inevitably have to talk about what happened in this. Oh week's yeah, if you haven't, so. yeah, if you're not caught up in the next two weeks, well then that's yeah. on you. Sorry, yeah, that's your that's problem. On you. All right, um, a book I actually found myself enjoying much more than I thought I would was Action Comics number nine sixty three. Yeah, see, I, I was pleasantly fan. surprised. Yes, so was I. Um, after all the high octane action with Doomsday, we get. Still, there's some still some action here. There's still some tension, but we get a nice little Clark Kent issue. Yep. But it's legit Clark Kent, one of the you know that one who we've all been asking, "What's the deal here, man? Who are you?" And we're still, by the way, at the end of this <laughs> yeah. issue, we're still Not asking the Clark Kent, "Who the hell are you?" And it's uh, like, but there's he so, does yeah. explain a little bit though in this. He does, yeah. And it's at the same time, do you believe it? I don't know, man. I'm really torn. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, I'm excited to see where it goes because it looks like it'll actually be, I know this is action comics should be mainly action oriented, but uh, this is, I think, an arc a lot of people ha- have, like, they want, um, just to figure out, get some more answers because there are a lot of questions in this title. Yeah, I'm, uh... I'm loving it to be quite honest with you. I, I, I like you're the one that's always kind of been like action comics. It was okay, and I'm the one that's like, no, I really enjoy action comics. Like, so it's nice to see that other people are finally getting on board with what I was saying and agreeing that it's actually pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but no, this was definitely a fun issue. Uh, you do get a couple answers, but then those answers just honestly <laughs> ask more questions. Uh, it is true. So, do you really get any answers? I don't know. That's um, just that's another question. Do do do. Okay. Anyway, yeah, basically. Um, however, and this is somewhat of a spoiler, but I just found this kind of odd. So, if you've been reading Justice League and Batman, if you've been reading yeah, all the Rebirth yeah. titles, that's what I thought too. There's a scene where we all know that Batman does not trust this new Superman that's out, right? He's like, has like all these major trust issues about Superman. But yet there's a scene where you see Batman and Superman interacting on a rooftop, basically sort of discussing that they don't trust Clark Kent. Yet Batman has said numerous times in other titles that he doesn't trust Superman. And yeah. then he doesn't know. I don't think he trusts Clark Kent either, but doesn't trust I, anyone I just found that Super, odd that yeah. he's over there conversing with Superman and they're not really trusting each other. So he, Yeah. He basically trusts no one from Kansas or with glasses anymore. Yeah. That's what it's come to. But at the same time, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's confusing. So I think there's a little continuity. You found that odd as well. There is some continuity trip up there. I also thought there's a scene, and we're talking. There's a panel here where Superman's meeting Batman. Batman's giving him something. We're not going to say what, but, and I thought for a second when I first saw it, and I didn't read the text, I was like, "Oh, are they mentioning Justice League when Superman and Batman met up?" Because there's that one time where Batman came to ask Superman for help. Um, I think it was Justice League Two or something. Mm-hmm. If you're, I don't know if you remember that. I was like, "Oh, are they mentioning that?" It turns out they weren't. Nope. But um, yeah. Okay, so. I don't know about you, man, but I know you just read Detective Comics. Holy I literally just read it. And oh. and before we get started, 
folks, oh. if if you haven't read this yet, please, I'm not even like gonna give you the choice. Skip ahead five minutes. If you're driving, turn or the volume down for five longer. minutes. Or maybe even longer. Or maybe even longer. Ten minutes to be safe. Ten minutes, yeah. Just turn your volume down or put on the radio and let your phone keep playing it or something. I don't know, just please, please, if you haven't read it, we're going to have we're gonna be spoilers here. There's I mean, going to be lots no of spoilers. Way. There's no way around it. And yeah. I will have you guys know, we get reviewed titles. Um, we get a review titles over the weekend. So we get them Fridays afternoons and we get to review them over the weekend um, so that we can provide you with uh, this awesome quality podcast that you're currently listening to with your ear holes. And we didn't get detective. And so this whole weekend we're like, well, we got all these awesome rebirth titles, but what the hell's going on with detective? We haven't gotten detective. Yep. They did not release detective to the, pu- or to the public reviewers. To, to the reviewers until today. Uh, which and it's is Tuesday. This, which is Tuesday. And it was like evening. The day before the comic <laughs> releases, like eight hours before midnight, where you can buy it on Comixology, uh, we finally we got to review why. it. And we were like, why are they just now sending this? And not only that, but it was like cryptic too. Like we had to jump through some hoops to get this yeah, issue. Okay? Yeah. And we're like, it what was, is it going was hard on? To get. And so initially, me and Nova weren't even going to review this comic. So like, we don't have time to read it. We got to hurry up and get this knocked out. Well, luckily, thing my family life chilled out a little bit, and we were able to do this a little bit earlier. So we read Detective, and oh my god, oh, I'm so <laughs> happy! I was, this is just so good. This is up there with Batman Five for us. James okay? James Tynion is amazing. He's grown so much since he first started writing backups in new 52 batman he is just crushing it this was so good this is a this tear is, this jerker is, this is a new batman 5 this is yes. like i don't know this just blew me away and i'm kind of glad it was the last thing we got um because everything else would have sort of failed in comparison this is just so good yeah. all right well this is a tear jerker of a title Twists and, upon twists. Yeah, twists and lots of twists. So, you know what? Like we said, we already warned you guys about spoiling. Yeah. Let's just get into it, and if you didn't turn it down or stop it, well, then yeah. that's on you. But And if uh, you've read it, then I'm sure you're more than happy to hear us gush about it as well, and you gush along and get all excited about it again. <laughs> yeah, get in your car or whatever and be like, oh, I know exactly what they're saying. <laughs> Watch your driving. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so um, we're getting the climax of this arc. I think I guess it is the end of this arc, but um, yeah, so last time, like we saw, Tim Drake basically set all these drones on himself. Yep. Said, "Screw it, I'm going to be the man, not the Batman, but the man." And then this issue happened. Yeah. So um, yeah, we get like some we get some Kate Kane talking to her daddy and telling her, you know, like how could you do this to me, all that stuff. And he's trying to basically tell her, you know, oh, honey, like, I I didn't mean for anyone to get hurt. And she's like, oh, but you were, you know, had a gun to Batman's head. And he's like, I was bluffing. Ha, ha, ha. You know, yeah. like, yeah. Sure, buddy. So you got that going on. Um, yeah, that was it. That's Sorry about the whole spoiler thing. That was pretty <laughs> No, but um, so you know, Mr. Kane, whatever I forget, Jake Kane. He mentions that these like drones are capable of taking down buildings, and 
you know, Kate's sort of struggling because it's her dad, but at the same time, she hates him for what he's doing. And, um, you know, as I'm thinking back to it now, that part sort of feels like it didn't matter all that much. Because when you see the building that's, I guess, been been crumbled down and you see, you know, you see something that doesn't look very good. You see little Timothy there who's sort of, he looks beaten to shit. His cheek is like, it looks like he's got something inappropriate in his mouth. Yeah. And, um... (laughs) Sorry, I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm messaging our special guest right now, so I apologize. Oh, no problem. No problem at all. But, um, yeah, and, you know, he starts, God, the feels, as soon as it, like, it's like five pages in, and he's like, Bruce, tell everyone I'm sorry. He's like, thank you for everything. And he calls Steph, and he's just like, you know what, thanks to you, I'm who I am. I'm just like, geez, I'm, I'm getting all, like, misty just thinking about it. And he says, um, I love you. And you see all these drones closing in, and then there's this huge page of just... Massive page. Gorgeous <sighs> art. It was beautiful. Um, of him just getting shot to, to bits. Yeah, you see... Yeah. He's, Alfred, everyone's it, watching, too. It almost looks like T2 when... On T2 when Judgment <laughs> Day happens, and in uh, Sarah's dream... And everything just like it disintegrates, you know, from like the blast. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what this reminded me of. As I'm reading it, I just kept thinking to myself, "Oh my god, it's Sarah Connor's vision from T2." Like that's yeah, what it looked yeah. like. It's so gorgeously done. Yeah, and then you know you're already feeling pretty like misty over this, and then you see Batman pick up his damn stick, yeah. and he's like, "Your father." And she, you know, Batwoman tells him he's on the next building. He's like, "No, take him to the take him to the holding cells." He's like, he's going to answer what he's done. He'll answer to me. He'll like, answer yes. to me. Like, yes, that's that's awesome. And then again, you see Steph go into her room, and she's like completely ruined. But who's there to comfort her? A good old Batman. Well, and not only that, but like we all know Bat. We're, you're seeing a, an, another side to Batman right now. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen this side of Batman a couple times now, because we also saw it with uh, Gotham Girl. Yep. Um, and and Batman, you saw the same yep. side to him. So it's really cool to see like this hardened, you know, battle scarred soul of a person, yeah. you know, come out and just, all of a sudden they just drop everything. They just yeah. drop any and all walls that they Absolutely. have, and you see yeah. this vulnerable little eight-year-old boy the same boy who saw his parents shot and killed in an alley 30 years earlier that's the boy that you see in this drawings it's just fucking heart-wrenching yeah it's really well done he comes in and like there's this scene where like they're reaching out for each other's hand yeah and then all of a sudden they're just embracing one another and like crying because tim drake is dead yeah, he's but been disintegrated. Yeah, to your point, he's like when he first comes in, he's like, "Oh yeah, Tim was a great hero for doing this. He'll be remembered." And she's like, "No, like that's not it." And then she shows him that like, "Oh, I forgot about that university acceptance." Fuck. Yeah, the Ivy League university acceptance yep. letter, and how Tim Drake, congratulations! You're the 16th youngest person to ever be accepted into our university in the history of the school, yep. and. 
you know, we're so proud of you and you're going to do great things, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you just see Batman just drop the letter and like, it's almost like the same type of letter that he read from Thomas Wayne. You know what I mean? Yeah, Flashpoint. Yeah. It's like, he's, it's, a, it's the same type of thing. He just sees that letter and he just drops it. And yeah. it's just, oh, fuck. God dang, is it sad. Yeah, he realized, you know, Tim could have, he could have got out of this. He could have made a difference in a in a different kind of way and it's just oh man and not only that but how many robins have now died yeah you know what i mean like Tim, jason you're going to see like gaming had died for a while you know like yeah you're you're going to you're going to see like a like you just got to think like what kind of a mental toll yeah is all of these deaths yep taking on batman and man at this like credit to james james tinian for i'm sure he had some writing to do but it's it's ed barrow's artwork that just steals the show yes facial expression on batman who has half a face you can do facial expressions with and like the eyes that sort of open up and whatnot but man it's just phenomenal so now that we're all like fucking misty-eyed and stuff Let's move on to the happy part of this, where there's a twist. I was so happy. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. So there's a major twist to this. Oh, so good. And that twist is the fact that, well, Tim Drake's not exactly dead. But that's not even the biggest part of the we, twist. We're actually not sure where he is, to be quite honest with you. Um... Have they even do you have they even said who this mystery character is or is that just still did I miss something or is it still just a mystery character does still same same thing with the uh, action comics we still don't know who it really is yeah so you have this mystery character um you know the one with like the giant staff with the little Mr Oz yeah Mr Oz yeah I was like wow. and uh, he like he has Tim locked up in a like a cell basically like a prison cell almost. And Tim's like, hello? Hello? <laughs> he's like, am I dead? you get the accent. Am, oh, I, okay. am I dead? <laughs> he's like, you know, and the guy's like, oh, well, to your he's loved like heavily ones. stoned? Yeah, he probably, well, you would be too if you just died. I guess so, yeah. And he said, uh, uh, to your loved ones, you're dead. To anyone you've ever known, you're yeah. dead. But is he really dead? No. So this guy, like, faked Tim Drake's death. <laughs> Brought him onto some mothership, locked him in a cell somewhere. Yeah. And Tim's like, you know, I my mentor was the greatest mentor that you know, or the greatest detective that's ever lived. You don't think I'm not going to get out of here? And he's like, oh, you're not getting out. There's yeah. And he's like, my friends are going to come for me. Yeah. But man, what the thing that gets me the most is this Doctor Oz gentleman now has Doomsday, arguably the most like yeah. powerful. I'm about that. And he's got Tim Drake, who is arguably one of the smartest, you know, maybe not the smartest, but he's pretty damn smart for, you know, who he is, like they said on little Ivy Acceptance there. Um, so I don't know what he's cooking. I don't know what he's cooking, but well, I don't the, want to taste of that soup. And the thing about it is, too, is that he told Tim the reason why you were selected is because you are too integral of a part. To, uh, you you're too intertwined in the story 
and too many like questions or things were being asked. So I had to remove you from the equation. Yeah. So, this has got to be a Watchmen connection. It's got to be. It has to be. And Tim is the connection. Like Tim's kind of like the Wally West, if you will, of the Batman connection to Rebirth. So um, overall, it definitely plays in a much yeah. larger universe. And so I'm... Fuck. It was good. I was really good issue. Um, I'm glad we got it at all, really. Yeah. I mean, I would have had it... To, I would have had it... On when it released, but still, um, great way, great way to end my uh, day, as it were. Um, all right, what shall we dive into next? Since we're talking bat folks, um, let me Eric, real quick, just because of the way I have these set up on my on my tablet. Sure. Um, just real quick, why don't we finish off with the? Uh, why don't we jump into Wonder Woman real quick? Sure. So. Wonder Woman number six, as you all know, it's an even issue, which means that we're getting year one Wonder Woman. Yes, sir. And like I've said a million times before, I have never really been a Wonder Woman fan, blah, 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 blah. But this is good. I'm enjoying this book a lot. Greg Rucka is just top notch, my friend, top notch. He is awesome. Yeah, this was like a... Honestly, it's not a very action-packed issue, but not he all. does such he does such a good job making you care about like the the smallest things, like overcoming the accent. I mean, not the accent, the language barrier, and you know, Steve sort of dealing with coming back home after seriously all the all the crap he went through because all of his like squad mates died, mm-hmm. and he got stuck on this island. And I gotta say, this book is freaking gorgeous. Nicholas Scott pencil work is incredible. Um, the colors by Ramu, I'm going to butcher this. Romulo Fajardo Jr. is just, it's so like vibrant. Um, one interesting thing that I saw, um, they call in a translator and it's freaking George Perez. It's Dr. Perez <laughs> and it's George Perez like on a little laptop. It's yeah. so good. I really like that. His run on Wonder Woman's great as well. But you know what? I, I'm liking what Rucka's doing with the origin because the gods visit her and then In the form of animals. Yeah, in the form of animals. And I guess up until this point she wasn't like she was human level, I guess. Yeah, like she didn't have super strength or like yeah. she was like a like probably like a really com- uh, really skilled fighter. Yeah, still very she, athletic, of yeah, course. But yeah, but she didn't have, like, strength. She couldn't fly. I mean, she had the invisible jet, but, like, she couldn't... She didn't have super strength or anything like that. Yeah. And they basically establish as well that the uh, the Amazons have, like, super higher tech, which I guess we sort of saw with, like, the invisible jet, but even their weapons, like a simple sword, is way beyond anything humans have made basically correct which i thought was pretty cool but yeah i'm i'm really liking this uh this title yeah it was uh it was a really good read and the nice thing about it is too is that you're getting wonder woman every two weeks but at the same time you're really only getting it once a month yeah because you know you have your odd issues which are current time and like what's happening right now out in the jungle and whatnot and then you have 
the even titles, which is the year one Wonder Woman. So it's it's really clever the way that Greg Rucka decided to do it. And yeah. it's really well done because I feel like in the end when like you read these even titles and then all of a sudden the next one, you know, issue seven, I feel like you almost care more about the character of Wonder Woman yeah. than you would if it was just straight seven issues of being in the jungle. So yeah. it's it's Absolutely. clever. He, he's definitely a, a well uh, a writer, uh, you know, a writer's writer. So, and again, he's letting these artists take their time. They don't have to, you know, you don't have a new artist every two or three weeks like we've been getting on some titles. It's just Liam Sharp, Nicholas Scott. I feel like it's going to be like that for a while. So that's also a very nice thing. Yes, sir. All right, speaking of artwork, not good artwork in this case. Um, just kidding. It's just my opinion. Um, I don't know if this works for you. You want to shout out Star Batman? Does that work for your <laughs> phone or tablet? Yeah, no, uh, no, no. Yeah, no, we can definitely start diving into those. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about <laughs> All Star Batman, to be quite honest with you. I, I even said like before. It. I even said before I didn't like the the first issue, and it hasn't really changed. I felt this issue was better than the previous issue overall, um, but I'm still not sold on it. It's definitely one that I would not have in my pull box. Like, even yeah. if I had all the money in the world, I don't think I would be picking up All Star Batman. So, yeah, it's just. I just think Scott Snyder's trying too hard. Maybe it's just me, but I think he's trying too hard to make things, like, smart sometimes. Like, I don't know. I just... His Batman's all over the place. Sometimes he's, like, this crazy detective. Other times he's, like, this cheesy action hero. Um, And I don't know. I'm just not having that much fun reading it. Well, and then on top of it, you have Tom King writing Batman. You have James Tinian doing Detective Comics. Yeah. And they're both blowing it out of the water. Like, they're Absolute. raising the bar as far as Batman goes, like, way yeah. high. And so if you're not hanging in on their level with your Batman stories, it's going to seem subpar no matter what. That being and, said, yeah. the artwork in this does not help. Oh, um, my God. It's uglier. Yeah, there, there are, are no nice pages like that Harvey Dent one. Not even a single some, nice page. All right, so what, what did you like? I didn't really. No, I didn't like anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was saying there right are on. some books that you can get away with subpar writing because the art is so beautiful, or you can get away with uh, subpar art because the writing is so good. Yeah. Uh, but when you have writing that's just eh, in my opinion, and yep. art that's just no, <sighs> it really makes the book hard to read. Um, yeah. And I have a hard time saying that I bashing anybody's artwork because I am not an artist by any stretch of the imagination. And so anything that is drawn is going to be a gazillion times better than anything I could personally do. So I really hate bashing on people's artwork. But at the same time, I've seen what John Romita Jr. can do. And this is very subpar compared to what he can do. And again, I mean, we're going to talk about the other books. Detective Comics, we mentioned how amazing Ed Barrows' artwork was. It was 
gorgeous. I mean, he, he told a story that didn't need words at times. And the same thing goes for, you know, David Finch has been rock solid on Batman. Ivan Ray's last issue was fantastic as well. He made something like the little kite man scene so yes. much cooler than it really could have been. And this is just, I, I don't know. There's too many lines everywhere. I think John Romita Jr. has some obsession with like lines and there's just lines on everything. Everything has lines on it. There's like the, it, it's like clothing is just the most folded it could possibly, I don't know. The one thing I did like, and it's kind of a, not even the biggest like, um, you got like Penguin, um, I forgot what, what this gentleman's name is. You got Penguin, Black Mask, and Great White talking to this Russian guy who won't give away who that is because he's sort of, I guess, the cliffhanger of this issue. Um, and Penguin's basically like, he, he's, well, okay, Great White says, damn if it ain't the economy. Uh, they're basically talking about like hiring this guy to contract him, and um, Penguin's like, "Please, I know you're exclusive to DC." But I like how they're talking about like the economy and money, and it's like, "Oh, I know you're exclusive to DC," which you know has been happening often, and is the case with Mister Snyder. Yeah, but yeah, There's a little uh, bit of comedy bits in there. I don't know. I didn't really, don't really have much to say about this, really. Nope. All right, so moving on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's have fun again. <laughs> uh, what else do we have before we need to bring in our special guest? We have new we, Superman. Yes, we could talk about that real quick. Yeah, that real was quick. I'm enjoying the title. It's not. Uh, it's not like mind blowing, or it's not groundbreaking yeah. or amazing. But I am having fun with it, to be honest. And uh, really, when I when it first came out, I thought this is going to be really stupid. I really have nothing to. I I don't really want to read this. I will because I feel like I have to to review things, but I really don't want to. And surprisingly enough, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um. I really truly am enjoying it. I think that it's 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 been a fun run, and I'm kind of interested to see kind of where it goes. Yeah, I like what Jean Yang's doing with uh with all the characters. Really, I mean, we sort of get. Way Tubby more Batman and <laughs> Tubby Batman, yeah, and, and and Wonder Woman. There, we get like more of them being actual humans, which I thought was cool. Yeah, one of my favorite lines is when uh, Tubby Batman is uh, at a <laughs> costume, and he's like, "That's what you look like." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is Tubby. I saw that. He is yeah. Tubby completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they go on another little adventure and. You know, they they basically deem themselves the Justice League of China. Well, well <laughs> Keenan Kong basically says, we're the Justice League of China on national television. Yep. So they're like, all right, well, I guess that's what we are. And I think, well, I'm very excited for the next issue because we, uh, we got a little villain team at the end of this one, which, you know, could be fun. I'm wondering, I think you and I both know who one of the characters may be under the mask just because we've talked about a last issue and it's sort of been hinted at based on um, what a certain father does in his spare time. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it's a fun book. That's what it is. It's a fun book. It is. It's a really fun book. It's not something that requires a lot of thinking. It's a good time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's definitely a, it's definitely a fun book. Yeah, it won't be. And you're getting pretty much all new characters all the time here as well. You're not going to be like, um, 
I don't know. No, probably no worries about crossover stuff like that. I think it's no. Gonna be... It's definitely going to be uh, a standalone, which is yeah. good. I think we need more of those, to be honest, in the Absolutely. comic world. So um, that's good. Um, let's see. What else we got? Superwoman. Yeah, we could talk about that real quick. So I know you hadn't read. Yeah, <laughs> I, I. The thing is, I loved number one. It was so much. It, I, I really enjoyed it just because of the Lana and. Uh, lowest interaction but of course we don't get any of that here because she did by that i mean uh, lois lane um i don't mind lana i think she's she's fine i don't know when her and steel started uh hitting the sack but i guess that's a thing now i didn't really keep up with superman all that much yeah. in the new 52 but i guess it was that is cool thing. See, it was cool to see steel though i'm not gonna yes, lie that i was do really like cool steel steel i enjoy steel um and the first half of the issue is kind of kind of weird, but um, I did begin to enjoy it much more during the second half, uh, especially what's going on with Luthor, and you know we got a cliffhanger at the end. We got like these bizarro chicks all over the place. Um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. The artwork was nice, I thought. Yes, the artwork was good. I did enjoy that. So I think we only have one more book before we have our special guest on, right? We have two, Birds of Prey and yep. Hal Jordan. Well, our, one of our special guests wanted to oh, join us correct. for Hal Jordan. That is correct. So let's knock out Birds of Prey, and then we'll, yeah, real quick, get, then we'll get our, we'll get our, we'll get our regular guests. Sorry, let's not say special. Let's not, um, let's not stroke <laughs> their egos too much here. <laughs> they don't listen to this shit anyway. You know, it'll be fine. They don't listen to our Rebirth stuff, which yeah, they're missing they out on. But... They don't, All right, Birds they don't of Prey. about us enough. Birds of Prey, yeah. This isn't even the Detective Comics uh, talking. This is just... There's some problems over at Four Guys. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway... um, No, Birds of Prey was fun. Solid, solid read, I thought. that I I really like the action scene at this start where Barbara grabs a shotgun and she's like got the, got her foot on the door of the car as it's driving. It just looks cool. I thought it was well done. And then Jim pops out the side of the car too and starts shooting. I was like, way to go. That's some cool stuff. Um, I there's The one thing I didn't like about the artwork is Dinah is like freakishly jacked. There's a panel where they're at the GCPD safe house and she's sitting on the couch and she just looks like she looks like an Amazon. <laughs> she's got like a six pack and her like biceps are rippling it's just weird but uh yeah so basically what's going on they're still hunting down this oracle who is uh basically screwing over barbara and they're you know they're warming up to huntress which i thought was nice i like that they're you know they've got their girl team going girl power yeah um and yeah i mean it was it was pretty good. It was just another another issue in the story. I thought it wasn't anything that stood out to me too much. Agreed. It was just a really fun. Uh, once again, it's another really fun issue. Yeah, yeah. Like I yeah, I didn't blow me away, but I enjoyed it more so than I didn't. Most definitely. But we've got some average Joe. Where is he? Let's see if we can. Yeah, he's not quite on yet. I just told him to to, to get his booty online. Christ. Okay, well, he's on his way. So, you know what? I will say I'm still very happy with Rebirth. I thought I wouldn't be. 
But oh yeah, no, I'm loving Rebirth. It's keeping me very happy. I swear, you guys, every because we like I said, we get the books on Friday. So literally every Friday, me and Nova are like anxiously. We're at, we'll be at work, and we are anxiously <laughs> waiting for that email. And, and as soon I, as we yeah. see it. I immediately start messaging him. I'm like, we got it. And then yeah. like, I have to, the way it works is they only send you some, you have to like reach out to get all. Yeah. So I'll end up having to reach. I'm like, all right, I just reached out. We're good. We, we got all of them. Like, let's get to read it. Like it's, yes. we're like, it's like Christmas every Friday for yeah. us. And, and at that point I'm at work and I hope none of my coworkers are listening to this, but I'm at work <laughs> and I'm, I'm really as soon reading. as as soon as I check my phone and tabs like we got the rest. I'm instantly just speed walking over to my tablet, turning the brightness down to zero percent, <laughs> going <laughs> going to our email and downloading them all on the Wi-Fi at work. Um, and it is it is crazy. I'm just so excited to get them, just so they're ready. As soon as I get back, I can just sit down, not shower, not eat, nothing. I literally put every personal need no i'm kidding but i am very no, excited to kidding. read them. he really does <laughs> i haven't showered in way too long just because there's one exciting thing after another i'm not gonna shower till reaper sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll probably get many diseases until then <laughs> that's how good rebirth is folks yeah i mean this was looking back one hell of a week i mean there was like four or five books where just twist after twist. Um, and you know what? Uh, I'm just excited. And I know we've got justice league versus suicide squad coming up pretty soon, but starting yeah, next week that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that'll be fun. And starting next week, we've got a little ditty starting up called the uh, night of the monster men. And that's going to be a crossover between like three or four different titles. Yeah, which reminds me, Detective Comics will be on a hiatus for like three weeks, which will probably fly by, in all honesty. Yeah, with everything else we got going on. Yeah. So while we're waiting for the one regular guest to jump on, um, because he's... He's not even regular anymore. He's below par. Yeah, he's taking taking his sweet-ass time. Um, So, besides from that, while we're kind of hanging out and waiting, what all have you been reading this week? Aside from Rebirth, have you been reading anything else that you would like to share with the crowd? Yeah, you. Oh, I thought you were talking to the crowd. Um, Yeah, I have... I'm going (laughs) to psychically connect with these people. answer? Hey, man, you never know. Um, I have been reading more Scalped, and I got to say, I'm I'm a little, I, I just, I don't, I thought it would continue being good, and it just got a little, I don't know, I'm just not feeling it as much. Psych! It's awesome. I was say, <laughs> you were like all about it last week. Oh, my God, it is a dream come true. I'm so happy this comic exists. I really am. More story so arc after Southern, more so than Southern Bastards, so much more so. Really, it is so much better. It yeah, is. I've only read the first five issues of Scalped. Oh my god, it gets so good, so good. Um, I don't know. I love a lot of Vertigo books, Why the Last Man, stuff like that. But this is like, this is taking it slow and steady. Right. 
Well, All right, it looks like regular we got. Guests just jump on. I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna tear him apart as soon as he joins. Let's get this little this little boy on the phone with us here, since he's slacking. Oh yeah, something about banana pancakes. Banana pancakes. For those that don't know, it's a. Well, I don't know if it's an inside joke. It's a truth. And we have banana hello. pancakes hello. on the phone with us right now. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going. So, for those of you that are regular Four Guys listeners, you guys all hear and know that sexy little boy voice of Rusty. <laughs> oh, hey, he yo. is actually not little, so don't get too excited, you creeps. <laughs> <laughs> and he is uh, soon to be a married man, so. Yes. It's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. It's yeah. gonna come quicker than you think, sir. Is that when the hair goes? Ne- yeah. No. 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 He gets to stay. She knows what she's getting. She's, they're gonna get up no. there and be like, "He's got longer hair than she does." No, it are, it's already like that. It's the truth. <laughs> oh boy. Long haired hippie. <laughs> so, uh, were you able to talk to Red at all? Was he wanting to jump on for this or? I have not gotten a hold of Red. Okay. I know he did not get off work until nine o'clock or ten o'clock. Okay. So. okay well, we he might just be getting off work right now. Well, yeah. We've already kind of teased a couple people that uh, we have some special guests coming on, and the first one being you, which Nova has now deemed you below par <laughs> guest. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. now you're now below par. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, anyways, folks, we still have to review Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns. And for those of you guys that listen to the podcast, everybody knows that Rusty is a huge Marvel fanboy. Yeah. Uh, does not read DC to save his damn life. And not only that, but me, me and Nova, I think we even said it on one of our Rebirth podcasts. We he said did. that we really think that Rusty would really enjoy Hal Jordan the Green Lands. We need to get him to read it because he's a big cosmic guy. So Rusty has now read... All of the current issues of Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns. So, Rusty, what what are your thoughts? What are your feelings on this book? Okay, so to begin with, the story is pretty badass. I mean, we've already gone over how Guy Gardner is badass, and he's in it. <laughs> and so it automatically makes the book badass, and there's the extra badass. And then on top of it all, Hal Jordan's pretty badass, too. So it's yeah. just like... Yes. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in yeah. it, and I don't have to know anything else that's going on with the Batmans and the Supermans uh, or anything else. Very much a standalone, which is nice. Yeah, yeah and I will say this. I mean, Sinestro, uh, he interests me as a uh, character just because I don't know much about the other color rings, like, at all, um, besides the green one. And, um, I mean, he's got this whole fear machine going on right now, and I'm just like... I don't know. I every yeah. time I think fear machine, I always think of a uh, scarecrow with his fear gas and everything else. So, yeah. So issue number four, I guess, is what we're talking about. Now you were mentioning Guy Gardner and Hal Jordan, and I'm so glad we got Guy Gardner in this. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great. Here. And they acknowledge Finally. how cool he is and yeah. how he needs to always well, be the first line of defense. Basically, there's, there's one hilarious panel here. And it involves Guy Gardner. He's talking to Sinestro, basically, because they captured him. And he's talking, you know, Sinestro's telling him about the fear machine and stuff. And Guy Gardner's saying he doesn't get it. And Sinestro says, the universe is hardly expansive enough to contain the many things you do not comprehend. And I just, 
died. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I don't know. Maybe you guys don't get it, but whatever. no. But okay, <laughs> there was a bunch of stuff. Okay, within within the, the latest issue. Oh my, God, so oh my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> the part wherever I guess he they they capture him and they're telling him that they only left enough energy in his power ring oh, yeah. for him to uh, just wake up basically and sustain life, and then when he woke up, it would be gone. And then his costume disappears, and he's like, oh, come on. And Sinestro just completely stops his dialogue, <laughs> and it's just like, and he's like, what, your your underwear doesn't get uh, caught up in a bunch under that suit? Come yeah. on. Yeah. yeah before yeah. that, he, he uses, like, the point zero one percent to, <laughs> for one last, one last construct. And it's like this plain Jeep. <laughs> it's funny because Sinestro calls it out. Um but yeah, I was I was really happy with this issue, um, and yeah, he does this whole little God Guy Gardner can be so stupid. So he's such a like frat guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the bros. He is. He absolutely is. But yeah, um, you mentioned Hal Jordan and Guy Gardner being badass, but Sinestro had a pretty uh, pretty savage moment in this issue as well. He just, uh, he just straight up, uh, that guy uh, stood no chance. <laughs> I know. Okay. Sinestro was just like, you didn't, you didn't take, and then he's like, I did, uh, split in half. Yeah. Done yeah, deal. Yeah, that was vicious. Yeah. He is, um, I'm excited for more. I love Sinestro and, you know, between this and the Green Lantern's title, I think Tap and I are very happy being Green Lantern fans. Oh, very much so. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns is a super fun read. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Uh, good cliffhanger. I'm, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah that'll and be great. You know it's good because we got a Marvel fanboy to be like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm actually enjoying the heck out of this. So. Yeah, I flew yeah. through it today. I'll tell you that. And we told, well, I told Rusty about the uh, legendary Jeff Johns run, so... In the near future, you never know. We may have uh, we may have a surprise surprise podcast where Rusty says, "Yeah, I read Sinestro Core War," and I think I will be that'll be the happiest podcast I'm ever in. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, speaking of this, as everyone knows, we have one more book to review. And that book is none other than Red Hood and the Outlaws. Now, we are supposed to have a special guest on for this, so let me see if I can get this person on the line with us. Uh, One moment here. Just bear with us. No, they all left. Nope, they're gone. They turned it off. All right, let's dial them in. Hola. Hey, Scott. It's Matt with Four Guys. How are you? Good, Matt. How are you? I am doing fantastic. We are recording live right now. We're doing our our rebirth and review, and we've just now told everyone that we have a very special guest. None Holy of- moly! Let me get let me get dressed. How awkward! <laughs> I didn't know we're recording. I would have slipped into something more professional. <laughs> you know. That's all right. I think we all sit around half naked doing this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, Uh-oh. 
for those that haven't figured it out, we have none other than Mr. Scott Lubdell on the phone with us, and we're going to review his book that drops t- today, Red Hood and the Outlaws. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit here quietly in the corner and take yeah. my take beating. <laughs> he'll, he'll slowly get extremely mad at us for the very minor complaints we have about this issue. I don't even know yeah, right. minor complaints, to be honest. I, I loved I, it. I, I, I thought really it was a blast. Did. And we will say... Just to be clear completely, we are not just trying to kiss your butt, I promise you. Um, It was legitimately, this is one of my favorite Rebirth titles right now. Now who now who is this? I'm sorry. This is oh, no, sorry. He wasn't yeah, this, there the other I was night. Not, yeah, this I was not is the guy this. that was absent the other night. Yes, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say I didn't recognize the voice. Yeah, Nova's the one that I do all of the uh, Rebirth reviews with every Wednesday. Uh-huh. So is our, uh, and you said it's Canadian. one of your favorite Rebirths so far. It is one of my favorite titles so far. Cool. Who's it competing with? It is competing with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um. I'd have to say Batman as well, just because Tom King is incredible. And um, you know, it's interesting. I have to tell you, when I first uh, when New Fifty Two came out, I was like, I'm going to read every book, and that <laughs> lasted for like two issues, and my eyes started to bleed, and I'm like, hmm. Um, but this time around, I really happened to, you know, maybe it was the way DC changed their. Uh, they used to send you bundles. Now they don't. It's all online and. I'm like, what is this online stuff? So I uh, <laughs> haven't, but I really haven't read any of the other, uh, not any, but many of the uh, Reapers. So. so it's interesting to hear that those are your two other favorites. Well, the reason I'm part, like, I'm really enjoying Red Hood so far is because it is just so much fun. You know, there's a lot of books out there, and just in comics in general, that aren't, uh, you know, they're overly serious. They try to. And I'm not saying, you know, making books intelligent is a bad thing, but overcomplicating things also mm-hmm. brings, thing, brings the book down, the reading experience, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and you know what? So far, you've got, like, I'm enjoying the characters here, and, you know, Red Hood's awesome. Uh, always has been, really. And so, last time we didn't mention with issue number, I, I believe it was two, right? Or is this two? This one's issue two. So there's been the Rebirth issue, issue one, and then issue two. Too many issues. But with issue number one, we didn't mention that um, we saw, or we did, we mentioned that we saw Artemis at the end. Yes. <laughs> and I really enjoyed her in this issue. Yes. This issue is oh. all about Artemis, folks. So this issue, you get all like the, the sort of uh, story on Artemis and how she meets up with Red Hood and how they all hook up together and uh, the the banter oh, between the two. <laughs> well, they might. I don't know. <laughs> little God, little boy. Us, do they hook up? Don't get me excited. <laughs> what would you say? I'm sorry. Do, do they do they end up hooking up? <laughs> oh, you mean ultimately? Yeah, ultimately. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I mean, you know, Artemis doesn't really have much experience with men, so I don't think she, you know, I mean, I think she might be intrigued by Jason, but I don't think her, uh, you know, uh, her first instinct is not to hook up with a guy. So, um, I think she finds all men kind of like a mild curiosity. So, um, I mean, she'd grow up on Amazon Island, you know what I'm saying? Well, not Amazon. She grew up in uh, in Egypt, actually. But there was, uh, you know, it was an Amazon outpost. So, 
So, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, it's, uh, the thing I liked about the dynamic between the two of them is that when we saw, when Red Hood and the Outlaws first launched, you there was already the relationship between Roy and Corey and Jason, and, you know, it almost picks up like you're in the second reel of the movie. Whereas this has been fun because they don't know each other. And as tough as a badass that Jason is, you know, to Amazon, she's, he's really just like a child who's running around with a gun who's probably going to shoot himself in the foot, you know. Yeah. So it's like a totally different dynamic. So that's been a lot of fun. So part of the agreement that we had when we spoke with you the other night was that in order to get you to come on and uh, discuss your book with us again, um, Rusty and Red had to read Red Hood, and they had mm-hmm. to catch up on Rebirth. So Red has actually just got online, so I'm going to add him into the call real quick, and then we can hear okay. what uh, Rusty and Red have to say about what they ultimately thought, because you know what me and Nova thought. So let's... I was going right. to say, you've already seen my Twitter post, so you did get my three cents there. Yeah, yeah. My three give, him, cents. give him the full dollar. <laughs> I'll give him as, the... soon as, I get up, as soon as the calls are running, you go out and spend that three cents. <laughs> Don't spend it all in one place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Not... Are you guys yeah, okay. yeah, yes, we are. Trying to add okay. Red in, it's not letting me add him. Uh-oh. That is odd. But I will say, um, since we are reviewing the book in general, I will say, um, Tap, I'm sure you'll agree, Dexter Soy's artwork, oh, as yeah. always, is phenomenal. Yep, I mentioned that the other night. It is super fantastic. And uh, yeah, he's you know, it's fun because he can do uh, the softer. You know, the quieter moments, like the two of them sitting on the uh, uh, Batmobile eating hamburgers and can also do the action. And, you know, there's no, like, you know, some guys you kind of have to pick and choose what you're going to do, but he can clearly do do it all. So that's exciting. Yeah. It'll, be really, it'll be really exciting to me when we, when we start to get into the huge epic science fiction stuff that a character like Bizarro is going to let us, you know, uh, explore that. So that'll be fun to see what he uh, what and he does when he just lets loose. That's one of the things I liked about your New Fifty Two um, Red Hood and the Outlaws was the crazy adventures that team went on. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm very much excited to see not only the adventures, <laughs> arguably this more enjoy- this more fun team will go on, but uh, what Dexter does with it as well. But you know fun too is like to me like I would always say to the, to the editors I'd be like okay you know I want to have them go out in space and like well you know he's kind of like that you know Jason's kind of like a grounded character he's not really something you send in space it's yeah but it's called the outlaws like the book should be the book should be an outlaw the book itself should like you know break whatever uh, expectations people have of it from arc to arc and you know sometimes from issue to issue, so um, so it took them a while, but then they got supportive of it, so. But this is Scott, and I called you from my phone, so now you're, you're in. Okay, that's cool. 
Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and now, if you hate my if you hate my story, I can. Uh, he just hangs text up on you every you. day. <laughs> 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 oh no! Five or six times a day until you're like, block me. <laughs> so we were just jumping in and uh, me and nova kind of discussed it and we were saying that you know in order for scott to join us tonight rusty and red had to read uh red hood so we were wanting to get your guys's thoughts on what you guys ultimately thought of the story so whoever red or rusty whoever wants to go first um i'll go ahead and go first okay, okay. wait i have a question right. have you guys talked about it at all yet no, we no, haven't I've talked about it amongst each other to... really at all. Yeah, everybody's been oh, working. Good. We haven't talked to one another It's going to be first impressions all around. How exciting. Okay, I'll be quiet now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, you know, I, okay, I got locked out of issue two. But behind the scenes, I will be picking it up tomorrow. I really liked act- issue one, actually. I'm not going to lie. There was a few things here and there that I was a little confused about, but that's just because of me not being a DC guy in general. But it was actually well done. And, I mean, it was like all the action was in the right place, and the formatting of the uh, comic was well put together to where it was just an easy flow from text to exposition to, you know, just conversation. Everything was just – it flowed really well. Um, One thing that I was curious about, though – is uh, just because, you know, I'm old school Marvel guy, is the techno-organic virus, okay? And um, I saw that in there, and I was like, oh, wait, what in the DC? And then I got a little confused and all that. But, um, Scott, could you clarify for me on everything with that? What's up with the techno-organic virus? Because, like I said, this is my first experience with the uh, Red Hood and what's going on with this. Um, Yeah, well, that had never been... uh discussed before in, uh, you know, like, I don't think techno-organic virus is something that's specific to Marvel. I think it's more specific to science fiction per se. So I didn't think, you know, and as somebody who did a tremendous amount of techno-organic virus stuff while I was at Marvel, I didn't oh, feel no, I was, by no means. Yeah. Yeah. Knocking off Marvel, I just felt like it was kind of a, you know, I guess I guess I'm, if that wasn't the question, I'm not sure I understand the question. Oh, I was just wondering if this was something that you introduced into the story, or if this was something. Yeah, that was yeah. There, happening. there never. I mean, there there may have been other. I mean, I can't imagine that there weren't other uses, like you know, between cyborg and other characters. But my familiarity with DC is certainly not as uh, extensive as most people's, but. Um, it wasn't tied into any other element of DC that I'm aware of. Like, you know, not, uh, you know, not shade or DEO or any of that other stuff. So, um, so you didn't really miss anything. It's kind of a standalone concept, at least for right now until, until I figure out how to make something big enough that other, that other writers or editors decide to use it, you know, but for right now, it's just its own map. For sure. I mean, it's, it definitely seemed like it was setting up something bigger. I mean, when you have a uh, mayor that's trying to fight it off and then everything else, I mean, you got Black Mask and just all these people just falling into place. I mean, you can really tell that it's setting up something for a uh, long run or at least th- there's going to be a lot happening in the next few issues. Yeah, I can even tell you what's going to happen. It's really exciting. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you want to know? I mean, I don't know how many, yeah, how many yeah, no, people... Yeah, yeah, no, if you want to know, if you want to tell yeah. us, by all means, let's spoil the shit out of this. Uh, like, you feel yeah. Spoilers are welcome. <laughs> yes. Well, essentially, this clone that is this perfect Superman clone that they've come across is uh, once they try to break it out of its chamber, uh, it gets completely screwed up and winds up morphing into this horrific, bizarro character. Um, They try to, like, go clockwork orange on him and hold his eyelids open and make him watch, uh, you know, endless newsreels of Superman, hoping that he'll start to take on some Superman characteristics. Uh, And when that doesn't happen, that is when uh, Black Mask is going to inject Bizarro with the Technorganic virus so he can then control Bizarro. But what Black Mask couldn't possibly take into account is the fact that uh, not only is Bizarro clone, but he's also a clone of the Kryptonian, and, and as much as we like to look at people from Krypton and think they're pretty much exactly like us, it's that they can fly and, uh, you know, uh, use heat blasts and everything, um, what he's going to discover is, is that uh, techno-organic virus is not anything that's compatible with a uh, bizarro, and so all these hor- horrific things are going to happen, but um, to your point, yes, everything that we see in the beginning, even right up, even including uh, uh, Ma Gun, is all going to get tied together in this uh, in this first arc. Which will it was originally going to end at five, but as I was writing five today, I was like, "There's just no way to fit everything that needs to go into five, and so five is going to become uh, part one of two. So it'll be a six-issue arc. So. Oh, very it surprised cool. me. I thought it was going to be five. So keep, keep the black but. mask as long as you can. I think black <laughs> mask has been black mask has been underused um, for quite a while. I don't remember the last time I've seen him until Red Hood. So keep him in there as long as you possibly can, please. Uh, my understanding after I started using him is that he was uh, uh, in the Catwoman run recently. So, uh, but I didn't even know about it. So, pretty. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so technically, it read like a comic book. So that's good. Does it make you uh, independent of me want to read any more Red Hood comics? Or do you think you've gotten it out of your DC system? Well, no. This is my thing now. I'm definitely going to buy issue two, and then if I like that, I'm probably going to buy issue three. You know, it's the the thing's going to go on. I enjoyed it so far. I'm intrigued, and I'm curious to see what's going to happen through the first arc. Now, if I, the thing is, is I'm kind of curious now as to how he became Red Hood because, like I said, the only other experience I knew is that you know it was just Robin that died, and so I'm kind of curious as to where. Red Hood came from now, but I still feel like I could read the current series from you and still enjoy it with not having a giant background on Red Hood himself. Well, Even did though, you read, did you read the uh, did you read the Red Hood Rebirth? No, yet. 
I haven't read the original one. I only got my hands on no. that one issue. Okay, yeah. No, rebirth, the Rebirth one will, will, will give you a, a, an overview of... You know, there's a Rebirth, which is a standalone book, and then there's uh, Red Hood 1. It sounds like you read Red Hood 1, but you didn't read Rebirth yet. No, I have not read Rebirth yet. I actually went looking at two or three different shops today for it, and I couldn't find it. You know why? It's so bad because it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say, though, I did, I did read both of those today. Ooh. And what did, what did Red think? He's, he's also Mr. Not what did What did Red think? <laughs> wait, wait, I have one last question. What's oh, I'm oh, sorry. Um... So that was uh, that was Rusty the whole time. Correct. Yes. Yes, that was Rusty. Okay. So Rusty, I have a question. Somebody that is traditionally a Marvel guy, you know, like I've always, I'm always intrigued about like the difference between like Marvel and DC in terms of like, you know, to me it's Coke and Pepsi. You know, they're, uh, you know, so within that context, like, did this feel? different? Did it feel like it was a DC comic to you, or did it feel like, like I mean, was there a, a tone or anything that made you feel like, oh, this feels like it's a DC comic? Other than um, maybe your, your non-familiarity with the rest of the you know. There was a few things in it that made me feel like the, just because the whole feeling of just the back Batman background, that kind of made me feel like mm-hmm. it's because I feel like Batman is just a subtle tone anyway that Marvel can't produce really in a comic book. I, I don't know how to describe it whenever I'm reading like a, a Batman related title, but there's something about like a, about the writing or just like the, the, I guess the whole scenario or scene in the city and everything else. I don't know what it is, but Marvel can't really create it. Now I will say this though, with, some of the uh, the writing, I guess, being a little bit more, um, uh, I would say, gritty, grittier almost, I would guess, uh, just because I feel like Marvel sometimes is bubblegum and lollipops. And, I mean, with DC, with the, especially with this Red Hood title, I mean, it, it didn't really feel... It didn't feel like that at all. I mean, th- there were some things, just because I'm used to your writing from X-Men in the 90s, that I, I kind of got the same feel, like a Marvel vibe from. But putting that aside, comparing it to what's in Marvel today, um, it was it had that DC-like ambiance. Interesting. I don't read enough Marvel to... I would have to say I don't even read any Marvel, really. But, um, but I would be interested to... Uh, I'm interested about your lollipops and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's um, very you guys, Mar- people who read both, as guys that read both, do you see what he's saying? Or we do you agree we read. Or? I know Tap reads. Or, I read Moon Knight. Um, I read Black I love, Widow. I love so. Moon Knight, and Moon Knight is very dark and gritty. Um, and, and Moon Knight's really was really good, and it, it's pretty dark and gritty as well. But I've tried reading other Marvel stuff, and so I know what Rusty means when he says, you know, the lollipops thing. Like it, it. I think sometimes Marvel's a little afraid to get dark and gritty, whereas with Batman and or Red Hood, you're able to go darker. You're able to have your anti-hero or whatever, you know, kill people, shoot people, whatever the case may be, whereas I don't know if Marvel was 
some titles I think they're willing to go that route, but I don't think as a whole overall you're not going to see the X-Men or uh, Captain America or whoever's Captain America that week. You're not going to see any of them like killing anyone or going that dark, gritty path. So, well, you know, it's funny when the new 52 started, they said, oh, we're going to have three different levels of uh, readership. Like, uh, you know, essentially... They told me that Redhead would be a hard R and that I could like treat it like an R rated movie. And so I did and then kind of wrote it that way and for the first issue. And then they were like, Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> like go back and like take, you know, a lot of I had to scale a lot of it back because suddenly they were like, Whoa, whoa, wait a minute and they're like, We can't put this out so they so I just made it. Uh, I mean, it really wasn't much more different from what the original about what got on uh, what got in the comic book, but it was definitely like you know, I probably wouldn't have had them kill a whole prison full of uh, you know, east uh, mercenaries in the middle of a uh, middle eastern prisoner of war camp yeah. if I you know if they hadn't said it was going to be that dark, but it was pretty dark. Um, but, but not as dark as I originally wrote it, which would have been even more fun. So, cause I'm not really known for writing dark, so it'd be fun to do that. So, um, okay. Well, we've waited I, long enough, Red. Yeah. Red, Red Skull, tell us what you thought of Red Hood. All right. Well, as you know, I'm not exactly the Coke or Pepsi guy. I'm more the, just as a shaft kind of guy. Um, <laughs> so... And, and speaking in that tone, you have to understand, you know, I was a heavy Marvel. My whole life revolved around Marvel. At one point... You and me both. And, and, <laughs> and you know what? I had, I had every X-Men issue, but what, three? There was only three issues I was missing. I had almost all of the Amazing Spider-Man. I had, I, I had all of the Captain America from Silver Age to current. I had DC falling out of boxes, and I sold it off went to image. For me, the problem was with Marvel, and I had a problem with DC, is that these characters just keep, have been going on for, what, 60 years? How <laughs> well, 40 years, 50 years, whatever? It's just, they just keep going and going and going. That's why I kind of like image, because, for instance, like Invincible or Walking Dead, you grow with the characters that keep moving on and move forward, or some of the other series. That's the problem I've always had with Marvel and DC, is that... They never grow old. <laughs> they never die, and if they do die, they come back. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. So reading Red Hood. So now that you understand that, reading Red Hood, um, I'm torn. I'll be honest with you, Scott. I was torn. I was, I was thinking about how to talk to you about this. I'm talking to the writer, and I'm going to be giving my honest thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a little bit hard to see Jason Todd after I know he died. <clears throat> and so I've always had a little bit of a problem with Red Hood because of that aspect. Um, I'm not a huge Batman fan, and I mean, I did read uh, the, the New 52's Batman series. Um, I like the Court of Owls portion at the beginning, but at, towards the end, I, it, it kind of lost me. So reading this is like, oh, another Batman story. But I will say, uh, with, with their, your writing in particular, there are parts in it that really wowed me. A good example would have been with the mayor, how he, he shot the mayor and was like, whoa, wait a minute here, what? And then it came around, he's like, oh, he shot him with a cure. 
that was a cool twist. I actually, I, li- I like that. Um, I got a good couple of laughs, you know, especially like when Red Hood and Batman are fighting and his, uh, he's like, well, yeah, you taught me how to uh, uh, pull out some trip into my sleeve. I can't remember the exact verbiage. But uh, and this chest plate goes off and gets Batman. I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. I like to see Batman down. <laughs> because it seems to me that Batman's always the one that wins. So I, I really I like that part a lot, too. Um, some parts of it, though, to me, I had a little bit of problem with, with uh, uh, Black Mask. I'm not familiar with the character. I just don't know him or the older woman in it. I, I, I'm not familiar with her character either. So I may be a little bit lost with some of that. But some of it kind of reminded me, like, did I read this somewhere before? It just sounded familiar. Like, okay, a bad guy wants to take over the syndicate. And I know I've, I've, I've seen that storyline somewhere before. Uh, but in the end, I can say that when, when that issue one ended with the Amazon woman coming off the uh, train, it's like, ooh, who is she? It's not Wonder Woman. Who is that? Now, then again, that could be my lack of knowledge. Um, within the DC universe, but it had my interest up to where, like, okay, I'd like to read the next issue to find out who she is. Mm-hmm. So I hope that answers the question. So, like I say, I, I'm torn. I can't say that I, I will have to have in my pool box, but for issue two, I definitely want to see uh, where it uh, left off. It left a good cliffhanger for me to want to pick up the next issue. Uh, which you can do tomorrow at comic book stores across the country. Um, yes. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because, like, a, a review like that is very interesting to me because it's like if the assumption is that you kind of don't like Batman books in general, then it kind of like, okay, well, then that's, you know, like, you know, I could see, you know, I don't know that I'm going to, I don't know that anything I would write is going to, like, puncture through that, uh, you know, I don't want to say I don't want to say prejudice preference. I guess you mm-hmm. know. So, um, well, it could be prejudice. It could be preference. It might be a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, but, but, but the cliffhanger—that's what got me. Yeah. Though. The cliffhanger was like, okay, I do want to read the next issue. I want to see where this is going. Well, you know what's interesting to me is that like, I I one thing that I so a few rules that I almost never break and that is I never opened up an X-Men story in the danger room I don't like to open up on a dream sequence I don't mind a flashback but I don't do dream sequences because that's a cheat because you're not you know you're just like wasting pages speaking metaphorically about something that you'd be Mm -hmm. better served just telling the story Um, correct but well, another thing that I think I've never done is I don't think I've ever bought a character back from the dead. I certainly killed enough characters, <laughs> but I don't think I've ever like ended with a you know, oh my god, this person back to except for Susie Sue, but that's part of her, her appeal. But mm-hmm. having said that, um, what I find interesting about Jason and even the last five years, like and and maybe the uh, PC guys can back me up, but like. To me, the most amount of fun I've had with Jason is taking him from where he was when I got him, which was pretty much an angry, still blaming Batman. Every, anytime you'd use, people would show up and they'd be like, oh, he's mad, mad at Batman, he's trying to kill Batman, or you know, Grant 
had just done another big, you know, chase uh, in, in prison and trying to kill Batman. At the, and, you know, to me, like, I think it's interesting because I do think that of all the DC characters that Jason in the last five years has had that feel of a, uh, you know, an image or a skybounder, one of those characters that is actually changing from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, year, you know, month to month, but also year to year. Like, I think the character that he was, even on the first few pages of the New 52, is, you know, even though Rebirth is starting up again, I'm trying to make it feel as if this is a, a Jason who's gone through his relationship with Roy and gone through his relationship with Corey. And even if he's not going to be talking about it all the time, you see that it informs his relationship with Artemis and Bizarro afterwards. So I think it's kind of interesting that you would point that out because I do think that, uh, you know, like I say, the DC guys, I mean, what do you think? Would you say that's accurate or? That's that's one thing Tap and I talked about as well is I think in issue one he was sort of it, it was great to see Jason come to come to realize you know he's maybe not as smart as Tim Drake but he can still Google Street View something um, or he may not always be as prepared as Batman but he can you know come up with some kind of plan that he may have to improvise on and it's sort of good to see and it's the same thing we saw with Dick Grayson them moving away from that whole you know, living in the shadow of another Robin or another Bat or Batman. And I think you're right. I think Jason Todd's gone from, you mentioned the Grant Morrison thing where he was sort of running around in the original Red Hood outfit even. I don't know if that was Grant Morrison or someone else. Yeah, and he was just basically being a, a villain when it comes down to it. And I think he has progressed and he's gone from villain to anti-hero. And it seems like he's pretty much a hero now. Um, I guess working with Black Mask, but that's sort of like a long con. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see the progression, and you know, he he has come a long way since he first started as Robin. Yeah, mm. I'm with you on that one. Okay. Oh yeah, I was saying I agree completely with Nova on that one. Um, like he said, that's something that we've kind of discussed in the past and on various other pods as well. And um, yeah, I. I'm with him 100 percent on that. Mm-hmm. And I know, right, I, know well, I don't think that as um, I, I think that was a pretty good review. Then I mean, it's like you know, like I say, I mean, it's you know, it's hard if your inclination is you know, if you don't like characters that come back from the dead, and Jason is a character who's come back from the dead. It's you know, I mean, I think I can hopefully write an entertaining story, but I don't know that I'm going to get around the core motivation of the yeah. her core origin of the character, Even with that, you know, I, I did still put that in the back of my head. I still, you know, read the story to enjoy it. And, um, and of course, I, the most important thing is, one, that it's a story that is enjoyable and something that is going to leave me wanting more. And, Scott, yeah, you left me wanting more. You left me wanting to uh, read issue number two and see what's going on and well, what's going to happen with him being undercover and see is Batman and they're going to go after him, who's the Amazonian woman. You know, I, got to, I, I, I want to know what, what road you're taking me down with this story. Well, you know, if I can challenge every 
person I meet to read the first three issues, I think I'll, I'll, I'll do okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I told you the other night, you're firing on all cylinders, or as you said, 98% cylinders in a, <laughs> in a concrete block. But uh, I, I'm loving it. It's a super fun ride. I truly love what you're doing. I've always been a fan of your writing, though, even going back to the X-Men um, and Dark. Like I said, I was messaging you earlier today, and we were talking about the darkness and how I'm just getting into your run on the darkness, and I'm having a good time with that. Like, I just love your writing in general. Um, I've always enjoyed what you did. It's always been a fun ride, and you know, you you your writing was a large part of my childhood. So you you have a special place in my heart. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Someday, someday maybe Red and Rusty will take me into the hearts as well. <laughs> oh, come on now. Oh. You won um, me over with X-Men long ago, and now you have a chance to win me all over again with this Red Hood. Yeah, uh, Rusty was oh, yeah. very, very excited yeah. to be speaking with you in regards to like the yeah. X-Men runs and stuff. That's Rusty was very, very excited. Oh. How did I, get I sold off... And just because I sold off all my excellence had nothing to do with you. It was just Marvel in general got under my skin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that why you sold everything off? You just got annoyed with them? Or? Yeah, I, 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 well, oh, yeah, I just got tired of Marvel. I really did. After uh, Original Sin, I was like, that, that's it, to the curb. Mm-hmm. And have you been back? Or? Um, I will read Marvel's um, Star Wars stuff, and I won't lie, I still do enjoy my Nova even though it's gone downhill over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I don't know how, I don't know how the, uh, I don't know how the industry, uh, you know, I mean, you know, when I would, you know, even when I was, it happened when I was writing X-Men, but also when I was writing Superman, and people would come and say, like, no, I, I was reading Superman for 40 years until you got, I'm not reading it anymore. I'm like, well, I did you a favor then, because you shouldn't be reading anything for 40 years. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's a little weird. Um, but the same thing with the X-Men. It's like, people would be like, you know, I used to read the X-Men, but now I read Hate, and I, now I read Preacher. I'm like, okay, but that's how it's supposed to work. You should still, like, you know, read things for a while, and then find other things that you find interesting. You know, like, I don't think, you know. You grow you know, out like, you grow out of, and you just kind of, you, yeah, t- flavors change. Yeah, and it's even like, um, yeah, like people would say to me, like, well, you know, Tim Drake, Tim Drake was the best character. I said, Tim Drake has been 16 years old for 20 years. You know? <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> you know, like, what? You know, like, you know, I mean, even Dick Grayson, like, if you think about Dick Grayson, like, you know, there's a time when Dick was a cop on the beat for a while, and then he became, like, a little detective kind of, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, as near as I can tell, he's about 19, 20 years old, so I don't know what, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what 21 Jump Street thing he was doing, you know, or people yeah. just like, you know, or like, you know, Batman is clearly yeah, 35. How old, how, yeah, you 35, know. but how old is he really? <laughs> yeah, and also like, yeah. you know, tell me that like, you know, this little eight-year-old, uh, let's say 13-year-old Dick Grayson can put on Batman's outfit. I mean, how, how many years would it have to go by? for him to be able to slip into Batman's outfit and people be like, oh, yeah, that's Batman. Yeah, that's Batman. You know? And it's like, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. But, like, but, I don't know, I just don't understand how each of the companies is, uh, can move Anyone forward. Now, now, but certain ones, like Superman, I can understand it. You know, Superman can go on for a while. He's an alien. 
okay, that I could bite off of. All right, well, you know, Scott, I guess, like, Scott, you have to write the story about how everyone in the DC universe takes a dip in the Lazarus pit every once in a while. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how it's yeah, happening. You know, okay, okay, I, I gotta throw that out. I don't know what the Lazarus Pit is. Can somebody please explain it to me? Oh my goodness. Oh no. Well, God. think about it. It's right there in the name. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the origin, how it came about, or what's going on with that. You know. Yeah, I, I think there's know. a lot that people don't know about. I mean, even I like said that I wanted to explore, and they were like, "No, you can't because we're exploring that." And I'm like, "Okay." So. Oh, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I will tell you, though, the issue that comes out uh, when he is watching, uh, when Jason's watching Bizarro being um, taken out of the chamber, he's remembering, you know, he, and he sees Bizarro struggling with this concept of coming to life. He recalls his own time in the last pit when he uh, was trying to uh, come to life. And so even in that moment, they kind of bond. But there's a scene that I wrote. Actually, I mean, I scripted it just today. And the idea is that there's one instant when he was about to come out of the Lazarus pit where he sees Talia's face. And it's only an instant, but he sees, like, this terror in her eyes. And he's going to start to wonder how much of his soul came out of the Lazarus bit with him. And this is something that's going to happen next year or two is he's going to start to like wonder if the reason why he became this, you know, crazy vigilante for a while was because it was a natural reaction to uh, his anger at Bruce and Joker, or was there something more? Is there something that's part of him missing? Then he'll never be able to get it back because it's inside the Lazarus pit. Like, what was the price of coming back to life? So, and it's something he hasn't really examined before, so that's going to be fun. That sounds fun. I'm very excited to hear about that, and um, I hope, uh, after this little review here, I mean, you got kind of a mixed bag with us. I will just say, don't get cocky, good sir, because the next <laughs> time we may not be so kind. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, one thing I have to throw out there. Kind. One, one thing. One thing I got throw that I forgot to say. Dexter Soy. He did a great job with the pen, pen, and ink, and I really did enjoy it. Yeah. And yeah, no, there's only really, one. There's only one panel. One panel that I have to throw out there that was kind of like ooh, WTF. There was. I can't remember. The, I, there was one with Batman, and he has this cape that is like five times the size of him. I was like, wow. <laughs> but other than that, I loved it. He did a great job. Well, we'll wait till you see uh, all uh, the permutations of uh, Artemis's ponytail. You know? <laughs> you know, we kept going over, we kept going all the, all these costume designs. And we went over about like 10 of them, and it was like, no, 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 no. And also I'm like, it's your ponytail. It's not the costume. It's the fact that like, you know, it didn't look at all, like nothing looked like Artemis. And then somebody's like, oh, no, they put a ponytail in there and, like, treat it like Spawn's cape and just whip it around, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, so now it's Artemis. So, so we'll have the, the, or three, Star. the three, living, uh, three living pieces of art, I guess, or 
pieces of comic: Spawn's cape, Batman's cape, and Artemis's ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> they, they all they all form themselves however they please. And what about Spider-Man's webbing? That's true Remember too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it it needs um, no fix. All right, well, that's good. I'm glad that you guys, you know, uh, I'm glad some of you guys liked it a lot and some of you guys mostly somewhat liked it, so that was good. Um, and uh, have you guys been following this whole Twitter Twitter uh, thing? It probably, it probably doesn't impact you guys at all, but they're just uh, getting progressively odder. Today, there's like 12 tweets with my name in it, and they're all like, you know, they're carrying on about Jason and his bisexuality. But enough. So, uh, the, uh, oh, yeah. Really? No, you missed that the other night. Uh, Scott was telling us that he's that people are very upset with him that he is not making Jason Todd um, bi and or uh, Latino. <laughs> Super <laughs> random. That's weird. Yeah, there's a there's a yeah. big there's a big thing going on that it's... he needs to make Jason buy in Latino. Yeah, otherwise I'm homophobic and racist. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, even uh, though I he cre- that... even though he outed you know Northstar, he's the one responsible for Northstar. <laughs> he's a homophobe. So, I think yeah. I think people just need to read more comics and find better uses of time. Yeah, you know, let's see. Yeah, but, well, yeah, I'm looking at some the... of the comments on the Twitter now. Like, oh my gosh, people really. Yeah. Oh, you're reading it. You're reading him now. Justice <laughs> yeah, I'm back reading. What's that? Oh, I was just saying everybody has to be one of those social justice yeah. knights. You should have a you should have a page with Jason Todd just saying how much he misses Harambe and <laughs> <laughs> horrible. Well, China named their new due to popular vote. They have their new baby gorilla. It's Harambe McHarambe face. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. that. But anyway, that's that's pretty that's crazy. I mean, Twitter is just like it's great, but at the same time, it's also a dumpster for people who are bored at work. I guess really. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Um, but yeah, people are bored at work and trolls, right? You know, somebody was uh, going off today, and I'm like, ugh, and I was going to talk about it, and then I looked, and I realized she had 20 followers. I'm like, why am I going <laughs> to? You know, like, yeah, why would I do that? You know, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, no, and, you know, followers don't really follow everything for that, that you know? That is true. That's exactly. very true. So. But... Um, well, listen, guys, this has been fun. If you ever, uh, you know, if you ever want to, uh, you know, like you said, um, that I did okay this time, but not to get cocky. Um, anytime you guys want to call and talk about, you know, if you feel like I, uh, you know, screwed something up, feel free to uh, call. So, well, I now have a phone number, so not a problem. Yeah, feel free to call within the context of a podcast, not just. Oh, <laughs> I'm awake, and I just realized. Uh, not just those calls until you fall asleep. Yeah. You get the Red Skull calls at three in the morning. So, yeah. Scott, <laughs> I just read this issue. What were you thinking? That's it. You made him Latino and get a bunch of Domino's delivered pizza orders to your house. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome! I'm starving. 